God bless everyone. Praise the Lord. I really feel the love of God today. I don't know about it, I really do feel the love of God. And I'm really blessed to be here with you. Amen. And I just want to acknowledge it um, again, you know, everything that this church does is such a, um, a church for the community. And I'm really blessed by what we've been doing and what we continue to do with the, um, you know, the outreach and, um, the, you know, the Christmas meal that we just had. I just, I'm so blessed that, you know, everyone puts their hand onto the plough and never looks back. And I, I want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge our senior pastor as well and our archbishop. Thank you for the vision. You know, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, we are in the right place and we are the apple of God's eye. And I just want to thank God and give him the praise and the glory. So, amen. Praise God. I just want to share today um, about faith and prayer and their, and their connection and how they're tied together, especially when they're there are challenges in our lives. And prayer and faith, they, they, they go hand in hand. You know, faith, if you like, is a driving force behind our prayers. Because without faith, really, our prayers don't have effect because we don't believe in them. So it's important to have faith. And it could be a very tiny bit. That's enough to give it a spark. As the Bible says, as a mustard seed. Just have that little faith as a mustard seed when, when we pray, when we start to believe in what God can do in our lives. And, you know, God loves faithful people. And God wants us to speak to him and to have communion with him, both in the good times and the dark times. In the good times and the dark times. He wants to be with us always because he is with us always. We have to remember that. So what, what is faith? It's an interesting um, um, question, if, if you like, how to summarize it. And um, if we look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, Paul writes it in this way. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not as easy an answer as you think, because it's quite a deep um, answer, if you like, you know, but you have to delve deeper. If you actually look at the chapters or the, 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 the verses following, you can see the people mentioned. What he's actually saying is faith requires an action. It requires us to move and trust in God. And... Um, we have to really believe that. If you look at the scriptures, it follows, it said, by faith Abraham did this, by faith Sarah, by faith Isaac, Noah, and they all did, and they all pleased God. So faith pleases God. Why? Because it shows that we believe him and we trust him, especially for the difficult times, because we're going to understand, as we read uh, the narratives, that God's ways are different from our ways. The way he does things are totally different to what we expect. <clears throat> and, um, and the other aspect of, the, of what I want to share is about prayer as well. And really prayer, as we know, is, is our lifeline to God. And most scripture is alluding or uh, indicating prayer as part of our lives. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. I, I picked out two of the multiple scriptures that are about prayer. And it says this, um, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And Philippians 4, chapter, six, uh, chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, we know this. It says, be anxious for nothing, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. And those two scriptures, there's, there's a key word. And it's, and it's speaking about, in First Thessalonians, it says, give thanks. And in Philippians, it says, with thanksgiving. And that's another important aspect of our life, 
It's about giving thanks to God and thanksgiving. And we're going to elaborate a little bit about this as well because it's, it's an attitude that we should have in order to have victory in our lives. And there are many examples in the Bible who exercised faith and overcame challenges. And I want to draw on one in particular. And this person in particular has really encouraged me in the past and still encourages me now. And this person is called Hannah. And I want to read a portion of scripture and then pick out some points will hopefully encourage us today. So if we read, uh, we'll read chapter, uh, chapter 1 uh, of 1 Samuel. We'll go through the narrative and then, as time permits, we'll just pick out a few points and see what we can draw from. <clears throat> now, there was a certain man of Ramathin, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other Penaniah. And Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts of Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Hannah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penaniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed the womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed the womb. So it was, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. And Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and do not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. Keep going. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. And Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favour in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then they arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, 
that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. And the kind of her husband said to her, do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. So the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh and the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as your soul is, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore I also have let him, lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's a powerful story. I mean, it kind of says it for itself, doesn't it? But there's some key points that we can really draw from and learn about um, Hannah's life. Hannah, as you know, she couldn't bear children. And at that time, it was very much looked down upon not to be able to bear children, especially where the people know the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 14, speaks about you know, the, the blessing of having a child. You know, bearing children. So that was, you know, in a sense, placed upon her. It was almost like, well, what have I done? Uh, sort of, you know, thought. And not only that, uh, Elkanah's other wife was constantly, you know, mocking her, saying to her that, you know, you can't bear children. I can. It's very much a really, a, it's a horrible sort of situation to find yourself in. You know, not, you know, not being able to bear children is one thing, but to be constantly reminded by, if you like, her rival, because. You know, Elkanah, you know, there must have been a rich family to have, another, you know, to, for him to have another wife as well. So she would have had everything, but the one thing that she desired, she couldn't have. They couldn't have, and it obviously uh, grieved her a lot. And Elkanah was a good husband as well, and and he says that he, you know, he, he shows that he loved her even more, but even he couldn't do anything about her situation, <clears throat> and he even tried to cheer her up in uh, in. in in verse 5, it says, But Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And in verse 8, it says, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? He's trying to console her, but he can't. And sometimes people around us, they can't give what we really need in our lives, or they can't console us, they cannot help. We can help to a point, but... There's something, some miracle has to happen in order for, for that, that, that helplessness to be taken away. <clears throat> it does seem like a tragedy, but God never makes a mistake. And he, he, ne- and he never, you know, he always works on our behalf. He doesn't ignore our deepest prayers either. <clears throat> it's just that often and many times he, his ways are much higher than ours, you know, so we have to really believe that. So how can Hannah's faith help strengthen us today is the question well in verse 10 this is what she does it says in bitterness of soul Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord see Hannah knew where to take her problems she went straight to God in prayer and this is something that we need to do because often we don't we go to other people first we go to you know uh, perhaps people that might know doctors or whoever might be you know counselors whatever it might be but we forget God, and we have to put God first. Take it to God in prayer first. And it shows that she went up to the house of the Lord and year after year with her husband, but she then prayed to God. 
And the truth is, you know, with, with, with this, if we don't give everything to God in prayer first, whatever situation we find ourselves in starts to take effect on us. Now, what I'm saying is, is, you know, we do have, you know, men and women of God, you know, in the church, our overseers. But as Archbishop says, he says, you know, go to the throne, not to the phone. Yes, we speak to our overseers, but go to the throne first. Make a habit of doing that. I know it's, you know, we say it now when perhaps everything is all right. But when we go through a very, very difficult time sometimes, we can't see the wood for the t- trees. And often we just don't know what we're doing. We're running around all over the place. But what we need to do is we need to make it a habit of praying all the time. Because what happens is it becomes like a muscle memory. We straight away, when a situation happens, we pray. And what that does, in some way, it does, it, it does something. Perhaps it delays or it, it, it allows God's peace to start to enter into our, into our hearts. And then what we don't do is react. We start to respond. We start to say, you know what? God is in control, and it reminds us of who God is in our lives. He's all-powerful, isn't he? Yeah, he's all-knowing. He does all things. He can do all things. We've just got to give it to God and say, let your will be done. Because what you're doing is you're, putting that, you're giving the responsibility to God now, and he's going to take care of it in his time. So in every situation, his time is perfect. <clears throat> and who knows? You know, it says um, that God shut up her womb. It's, it's, it's amazing that he, it was God that closed her womb. And it's almost like, why is God doing this? You know, why, why is God closing her womb? Well, we have to look at who was born. It was Samuel. And, so, and Samuel, perhaps, had to be born at the right time and the right place for a specific situation in Israel's life. Remember Esther, she was born for a time such as this. So, you know, there's certain situations that God will... will delay or maybe put forward perhaps not in your time but in his time why maybe not just to benefit you but perhaps it's going to be benefiting someone someone else's life you know it's it's like an intersection I mean I I look around here and I'm really blessed to see everyone here at the same time here right now but 30 years ago where were we what were we all doing that 30 years later we'll all end up here there'll be an intersection because something happened in all our lives that we'll all end up here and I thank God for that. Praise God. It's beautiful. <clears throat> so we could be assured that God had a plan. And he did. And in, and in every situation, his timing is perfect. So Samuel needs to be born at a crucial time in history. Not sooner or later. Praise God. And God's purposes were far greater than granting Hannah her own uh, a desire for a baby. For, for a baby. But... Her, he had a plan for Israel. He had a plan for Israel to, to, uh, to be blessed by Samuel because Samuel was a great uh, prophet. He was a priest and he was also a judge as well. And he was, he was known as the last judge. Praise God. <clears throat> so in Hannah's brokenness and pain, she trusted God's power and ability to work on her behalf. In verse 11 it says, And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her, give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. She trusted God, was a, uh, she trusted God and he was a, to, to be able to do the miracle. <clears throat> and it's not a nice, like, neat little prayer. This was a real... That holy moment, a heartfelt cry. 
with deep emotions of grief and anguish. Remember, she wanted a son. She, ne- she never had one. And if you notice in her prayer, she, she actually said, she made a vow to God, that if you give me the son that I've always desired, I'll give him back to you. That's amazing to actually make that request. And when she prayed, she wasn't, she wasn't aware of anyone's presence. She didn't care. She, did, you know, she wasn't thinking about what would other people think of my prayer. And that's a, sometimes a, perhaps a problem we might have. How do I pray? Does it sound right? Is it okay? What do I say? What do I recite? But that's not what prayer is about. Prayer is a, a one-to-one with God, a personal one-to-one with God. It's a, it's a sincere prayer. Yeah, Be yourself. It, it, that's what God is saying. Don't worry about what others w- will think. And, you know, he doesn't want us to recite long secondhand prayers, if you like. Yes, it's good to use the Bible, but he wants us to have a one-to-one, yeah? And, and a simple, Lord, help me, will do. Sometimes it's, that's all it takes. It just takes a, a, an utterance, a groan, yeah? Look at Peter, for example, when he was sinking. He didn't recite Psalm 91 whilst he was sinking, or, or Psalm 23, or whatever. He just said, Lord, help me. And, he, and the Lord... And that's sometimes what we need to do. We need to be real and be honest with God. And just be yourself with God. That's what he wants us to be. Pray. Always continue to pray. Because what starts to happen is, like I said, it becomes a good habit. And, and your connection with God will be fine, finely tuned. And I remember year, many, many years ago, I know Pastor Penny won't mind me saying this, but she was sharing many, many years ago that, you know, I'm always praying to God. And, and I bring him everywhere. And I was thinking, what do you mean? So, well, even when I go shopping, I, I said to the Lord, Lord, you know, what shoes shall I buy today? And I was thinking to myself, what is, you know, what is this? You know, what, what does God have interest in my shoes? You know, what, what was the, you know, but what you're doing, you're involving him in every aspect of your life. And he builds up, a, you know, your relationship with God. He is interested in everything that you do. And what he's most interested in is that you're interested in him. And, and involving him in everything in aspect of your life. And that really, really blessed me because sometimes we just pray. And Archbishop said it so many times. We use God as a little fire extinguisher, don't we? Whenever we only when something goes wrong, we, we cry out to God. And when everything is all right, we forget about God. But we want to bless him in, at all times. We want to pray at all times. It says pray without ceasing, as we read in the scripture. Praise God. <clears throat> and Hannah... Her character really blessed me because she was not only sincere in her prayer, she was also humble. And look at the way when she prayed, how she responded to Eli in verse 12. It said, and now it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. That could have been a real offense to her. And she could have got up and walked out. How dare you say that I'm drunk? How dare you? I'm speaking to God and you're saying this of me. But she was humble. And the thing is, when you're humble, even if perhaps someone might say something harsh to you, if you get up and react in a negative way, you might miss out on a blessing just a few verses later. Because <coughs> her humility did cause her blessing. This is how she answered. She said, but Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I've spoken to now. She's saying, look, I'm pouring out my heart to God. That's all I'm doing. And Eli must have been convicted <laughs> and quickly blessed her. 
So I better bless this woman because I was really wrong here. Because, you know, Eli had a few troubles and, and, and situations going on with his life and, and, his, and his family as well. But God still used him. And, and, um, and because Eli was a priest, whatever he said went. You know, if, if, if the priest gave a blessing, that blessing was upon you. And in verse 17, and this is, this is the, um, the result of humility, yeah, not pride. Eli, then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. Praise God. So that's what happens if we have humility. Humility is, the, is a big weapon in our lives. You know, we often, you know, hear or, or watch superhero movies, you know. And then, you know, you can imagine they'll get together. Well, what, what have you got? I've got strength. What have you got? I've got speed. What have you got? I've got invisibility. And they'll say to you, what have you got? I've got humility. And I go, well, what's that? <laughs> what's Humility. Yeah, but your humility beats up demons. Did you know that? They don't like humility. They can't be around humility because humility is a gift of God. If you bind yourself in, in uh, surround yourself like a garment of humility, pride can't step in and the enemy can't step in. So that's a powerful thing. So nothing because I'm not giving glory to anything to the demonic realm, but they are a powerful uh, uh, realm. And without God, they defeat any human. They can um, subdue any human or, or take over any human. That's why with God, we can do all things. Only with God, we can do things. With Christ in us, because they see, they don't see us, they see Christ in us. That's humility, praise God. And who is the most uh, humble person we know? It's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And also, Hannah, she believed God would do what he said he would do. In verses 18, it says there, then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. So she, she believed. So she went away. Nothing actually happened to her there and then. She didn't have a son straight away, obviously, but she believed, and she, she went away different. She believed in it, that God can do it. So in, the, and in verse 20, so in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. And that's what Samuel means, is asked of the Lord. <clears throat> and, in, and in these scriptures, in passages, we can see that Hannah was faithful and strong to uphold her, her end of the prayer because she made the commitment to God. In verse 24 to 28, it says, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I pray for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I have asked for. So now I give him to the Lord. For, this whole li- for his whole life, he'll be given over to the Lord. Now, the Bible doesn't speak about Hannah's emotions at this point. But I suppose any mother would agree it's heart-wrenching that must have felt. But, and, and at the time, Samuel must have been about three years old when she gave him back to, to the Lord's temple. So there must have been a real connection there with the child and to give that child back to the Lord. But she didn't waver. She didn't run away from her responsibility or her vow, if you like. <coughs> she believed God's purpose for her child was far greater than her purpose, uh, her purpose. And that's the thing. We've got to understand that God's purpose in our life is greater than our whatever um, ambitions, whatever um, things that we have plans. Let God's plan override everything. Give it all to God and he'll, he'll plot out the plan for your life. Amen.
So let's recap and, and look at th- perhaps three facets of Hannah's faith. Firstly, f- Hannah had faith to ask. Yeah, and we have to have faith to ask God of things. She asked the Lord. Yeah, in, ver- um, in verses nine to ten, it says, "So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, and then Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle." the Lord and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish yes yeah, so as she went to pray she she had faith to ask and she she did ask for I suppose in her life in her situation it seemed for something that was impossible which was a son and she made a vow to give uh, the son back to God in verse 11 so then it says uh, then she made a vow and said O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And let me just say something about vows, yeah? They are solemn things. They're not to be, you know, said in haste, you know, and you don't sort of, you know, say it lightly. In Numbers chapter 30, verse 2, this is what it says about making vows, yeah? It says, if a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word, he shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. So whatever you say to God is binding. God hears them and he holds them. And Ecclesiastes chapter 5, sorry, uh, verses 4 to 5, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Nevertheless, despite all of that, she knew this. She made a vow. And the Lord heard her. And he caused Eli to take notice and tell her her request was granted, which is, uh, yeah, which is verses 12 to uh, 17. He speaks about how, as she continued then and mentioned that he said, Go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And we can also see that Hannah had faith to receive. She believed Eli. How? Because of her actions. In verses 18 to 19, it says, And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to the house of Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So she left the tabernacle differently from how she came in, yeah? And this is what God is inviting us. to so come to me, and you're going to leave different. You're going to become a, a different person. Jesus said, you know, he said, let's have an exchange, yeah? Whatever burdens, cast them on me, and I'll give you something. A burden that's lighter, that's greater. And that, that, that burden is his love. That's that his, uh, his compassion, the hope, the joy, the peace, and all the things, all the attributes of God will be bestowed upon us. And all we've got to do is just give him, what do we give? We give him our rubbish. We give him all our pains, our aches, our everything that, you know, what we can throw at. He says, give it to me. Give it to me. I will deal with it. You know, I want to, I want to deal with this condition of yours or, or with the situation of yours because I love you. That's what he's saying. So give it to me. And I love because God is a big God, a great God. Yeah, he, he, his resources never run out. You know, if all of us here pray for the same thing, he's got it. If everyone in the whole world pray for the same thing, he's got it. He's got it in abundance and more and more and more. I'm just always, that's why 
I'm always, um, in a sense, I, I'm just blown away that, you know, whenever I hear ministry of the word of God, week in, week out, we might hear the same themes week in, week out, but there's always something different that you can take away, that you're always blessed. It's just, it's just an abundance resource. I'm really, you know, blessed. It's amazing. <coughs> and Hannah also had faith to give, yeah? So God, God accomplished his part of the vow, and it was Hannah's turn now, yeah? Hannah had her heart's desire, but she was committed to give him back, the, give Samuel back to the Lord, and she did not shirk her responsibility. And when the, when the child was old enough, she took Samuel to the tabernacle and left him there to serve God. So it's not enough to say that we have faith. True faith moves in action. Yeah, it changes us inside out. It allows us to be able to do these things, to give back, yeah, to start moving in God. Why? Because God is a good God. He gives. Yeah. So, so we look at Hannah in, in, in a sense to finalise, uh, finish. Let's let's see at her, the end of her story, if you like, in verses twenty-seven to twenty-eight. It says, for this child I prayed, and the Lord had grant, has granted me my petition when I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshipped the Lord there. She gave away the child that she couldn't live without. Did she suffer for it? On the contrary. Her life was blessed beyond measure. And this is the thing, yeah, that whatever you give to God, he'll give back to you more and more. Amen. He's a generous God, isn't he? He's kind, yeah? He never closes a door without opening another door, yeah? He never puts you in a situation that you cannot bear. He always finds you a way of escape, yeah? All these men and women of God, yeah, he knows. He knows the heart of uh, people. He knows how far perhaps we're able to bear things. I, I, I think of the Phoenician woman when she came to the Lord and he ignored her in a sense. And in the end, he said, you know, well, you know, you're just a dog in a sense. And she, she even replied, well, even the dogs take the crumbs that fall off the table. And I was thinking, Lord, please, no more. <laughs> how, can, how much more can she bear? But he knew her heart. He knew that she would, it doesn't matter what you threw at her, she, she had a heart for God. And that's the thing, you know, God knows, yeah, how much we can bear, how much uh, we can take before he can step in and do the rest of the work. But we've got to allow God to do it. <clears throat> In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 20 to 21. And Eli will bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you the descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they will go to their house, to their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child grew Grew up before the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So God does give, yeah? He gives in abundance. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. And Luke chapter 6, verse 38, we know this scripture. It says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Give, and it will come back to you. 
in good measure, praise God. I'm going to have to trust God for that. And finally, and this is the thing I was thinking about uh, the Thanksgiving. Uh, Hannah rejoiced, didn't she? And she gave this Thanksgiving uh, prayer or song. It's so, it's so powerful uh, and moving. In um, ver- chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, it says, Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies. For I delight in your deliverance. There is no, no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. And we sing these you know, as, as songs, don't we, to encourage our souls. And this was, was, was out of her own mouth to God. It's a beautiful anointed prayer that she gave. <clears throat> and it's a similar theme um, and thought to Mary's prayer, spoken as, you know, as a praise to God over the child in her womb. You know, when, you know, when she get conceived and gave birth to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And Samuel the priest was also a prophet um, of Israel. And he was the one who anointed David the king, who was the direct lineage of Christ. And in fact, many, many actually agree that the last verse of Hannah's prayer is a specific prophecy of Christ the king. Because in verse 10 it says, He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. So just really, you know, as we conclude, there are never accidents in God's timing and purpose, yeah? We just have to trust him, just as uh, Hannah trusted him. And Hannah, this is in verse, uh, sorry, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, and Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Having joy is integral to our walk. Yeah, joy actually is a byproduct of faith. Yeah, joy comes with surrender and obedience. Joy gives us strength. Numbers chapter eight verse ten. <clears throat> so you shall bring the Levites before the Lord and the children of Israel. Shall, oh, actually, that's not right, is it? No, sorry. Nehemiah chapter eight verse ten. Sorry. <laughs> then he said to them, "Go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet." And send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. So what, so joy is very important, but there's, there's a difference between joy and happiness. So joy is like a, a constant uh, state of being compared to just a fleeting feeling with happiness. Because you could be happy one day then sad the next. But joy is a concept. Why, why am I saying this? Because one, it's a fruit of the Spirit. So it's an attribute of God. And, and in life, there are good times, there are challenging times, isn't there? But in Psalm 30, verse uh, 5, it says, you know, that weeping may endure, but joy comes in the morning, yeah? So endure, but joy comes in the morning. But joy is, can always be there. Because having joy in the good times, what does that mean? I suppose, it, you know, <coughs> it means it, it gives you the strength to, to maybe perhaps prepare for the bad time that might come. And having joy in the bad times gives you the hope that the good times will come as well. Praise God. So joy is it's very, very important. So in conclusion, Hannah's faith, we know, is very convicting, but also it's very, very encouraging. I find it very encouraging every time I read that portion of Scripture. And she chose to exercise faith, trusting God for a finish, Yeah. And he, so that means he hears our prayers. And, he, and when we pray, he's at work. And, we, and 
it might not happen straight away or, or we might not get the, the, the actual outcome that we want, but God is doing something amazing. So what he's doing is inviting us to come to him, yeah, to bring our cries to him, our pain, whatever it is, our longing, our brokenness, just give it to him. He said, come to me. And, and, what, and just as Hannah praised God for being the rock, God is our foundation as well. So that's what we wanted to be, our sure foundation, our solid rock. And he wants us to rely on him, yeah? So when we're facing uh, any difficulties or trials, that we, that we can do the right thing. Because sometimes when difficulties come, it overwhelms us and we end up choosing to do the wrong thing rather than do the right thing. It helps, it helps us to be still and know that he is God. <clears throat> and do you know what? The best thing that Hannah gave to God was not so much her possessions or, or her sacrifice, but it was a prayer of thanksgiving. And this is what really pleases God. Now, and I want to read this um, prayer. It's First uh, Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And, I, and if the worship team want to come up and get themselves ready, because I'm going to read this and we can finalise. Praise God. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumble are girded with strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out of bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries, adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. God bless you, everyone. Amen.